something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A A podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, hey, everybody. If you haven't heard yet, I'm engaged and I'm getting married very, very soon. And we want to celebrate with all of you. Yes, the Almost Famous family has been incredible to me and Ashley over the last few years. And now we're welcoming Jessica into the party. And so this is what we're going to do. On July 30th from 5 to 6 p.m. Pacific, we're going to have a live engagement party for Jessica and myself. Tickets are on sale now at loopedlive.com. Here's the deal. We're getting married. We want to celebrate. And we're going to have an engagement party in Napa with a few of our close friends. Ashley, Jared, Nick, Dean, Kalen, Wells. We're going to toast to Jess and I. Celebrate love. Celebrate life. It's going to be a great time. We'd love to have you join us for the Almost Famous Me and Jess engagement party benefiting Humanity and Hope United, one of my most personal nonprofits that I'm a part of the board of. And so this is a huge deal to me. So make sure you go to loopedlive.com. That's L-O-O-P-E-D-L-I-V-E.com. Again, that's L-O-O-P-E-D-L-I-V-E.com. See you soon. This is the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous Podcast with iHeartRadio. 
Hi, guys. We have a very special episode of the Almost Famous Podcast. You know why? Because Nick Carter is on. What? Holy crap, guys. I was just casually looking at my rundown, um, you know, a couple hours ago. And seeing who was on the podcast, I thought it was Deanna Pappas's week. I'm like, okay, I wonder if we have anyone else. And then Nick Carter. I'm like, are you guys kidding me? What if I didn't look at the rundown until like five minutes beforehand? Then I would have showed up looking like I always do, which today I'm going to be honest, don't look that much different, but I did put eyeliner and mascara on for Nick. It's a big week. Deanna Pappas is here and Nick Carter. So we have two massive, I guess we have to. We should refer to her as Deanna Pappas Stagliano. Stagliano, because yeah. uh, you know that's the real name now. It's a huge week. Two incredible guests. It's action packed. We're all for it. So let's dive in with Deanna now. Okay, Deanna, what's going on? How is life? Oh, we're doing really well. All the kids are out for summer. And just like any good mom, I've got them propped up on an iPad at the moment. I'm, <laughs> I'm really, really succeeding at this whole parenthood thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, kids no, and the iPads great. these days. Like, yeah. man, they like that way more than TV, huh? Yeah, my children, we have two iPads, three in the house, and they fight over both iPads when we have three other 50-inch televisions in the home that they could possibly watch, and they'll literally beat each other down for an iPad. I feel like iPads are created for kids these days because like I never see an adult on an iPad. I have one, but I haven't taken mine out for years. What about you guys? Oh, I use my iPad every yeah, day. I use oh, really? my iPad all the time. Oh, yeah. whoops. Okay, never mind. I, tra- I'm, oh, I travel so much for work that I take mine with me and I do all of my work on it. But that's also where I watch my TV is on my iPad. Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm in the you. I'm in the uh, minority here. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Deanna, last time we talked to you was during Claire season. We were talking about how great she was going to be and all that. And then, then, you know, wow, it's been like quite a year for her. Oh um, my gosh, right? The breakup with Dale and then the back together with Dale. Um, do you have any inside knowledge as to like how they're today? I think they're doing great. Um, I actually haven't caught up with Claire in a couple of months. We chatted just a bit when they broke up, you know, just um, which I, for a long time, actually, just uh, they were just going, both going through some things. So I um, we've only just been DMing a little bit because they both look so happy on social media. So I'm just glad to see that. I'm just glad to see them because I do really think they're meant to be together. So I'm just glad to see them uh, processing and working through some things. And they look like they're really happy. They do. We're celebrating that over here. It's a good, right? what a bumpy roller coaster of a road, but it's probably how it had to happen, right? I mean, I would imagine just the way that all played out, the expectations, all the stuff going on. So you kind of had to take a break. And then if it was meant to be, you're going to get back together. You're going to be super happy like they seem to be. And then things are going to probably- well, you also, we're, we're having a conversation and all three of us have been on this show. Like, yeah. yeah. think of like the roller coaster of emotions that it puts you in and, and really- you choose to be with someone that you barely know. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you, mm-hmm. it puts the cart before the horse. You fall in love with someone that you don't know. And in a natural progression of a relationship, you date someone and you get to know them and you make sure that you're like-minded and you have the same cores and values before you progress into like marriage and love and all the other things. And I feel like the bachelor bachelorette makes you do it bass backwards, really, yeah. you know, like you, you meet someone, there's that infatuation, you fall in love because you have a few weeks to do so. And then the show stops and the cameras go down and you're stuck alone in a room with a person that you, mm-hmm. you you think you love, but you have no clue who they are. You're spot on. 
That is <laughs> that is spot on. And I mean, so it makes sense on how this played out. And we're happy for him over here. I mean, we've been celebrating and following the story. It seems like they're doing well. Now, uh, for you, you just mentioned uh, you know, you're you're a mother, you're a wife. Uh, what is new in your world? What's going on that we can catch up with in your life? Uh, we sold our house and we bought a new house. I know we were just chatting about this before we started recording. So we are just like knee deep and like purging things and trying to pack. And there's a bit of a transition period where it's like we're turning into teenagers again because we can't move into our new home for another couple of months. So we're moving in with mom and dad. Uh, yeah, That's so fun. <laughs> no, I yeah. like literally, I, I don't think that that's, I think that's super fun, but that's only whose parents. That's, that's so a big question. Steven's mom and dad who I adore. I like, love them. I mean, if God is here, like Lynn is here, I mean, she's a saint pretty much. And they're just, they're so great. They're so great to be around. And they actually live like a mile from us currently. So we see them all the time and they're really, really helpful. And they're really good with boundaries, which is also great. (laughs) But I think it'll be a really fun time, especially summer. They just built a whole like really beautiful pool in their backyard. So the kids and I are over there every single day anyway, swimming. But like, I think for my children in particular, this will be like a summer they'll never forget. Like mm-hmm. they will have spent it at Mimi and Poppy's house, you know, pounding hot dogs and ice cream and swimming in the pool every day, you know? So we're actually really excited. It just kind of sucks to be in this transition phase where we're not going to have all of our things, you know, yeah. we have so many things. I have been purging yes. so much. It's amazing how much you accumulate over time and with two children. But um, yeah, I think my hardest decision of the week is trying to decide what clothes I'm taking to Mimi and Poppy's and what's staying. I don't know. <laughs> I that, it's gonna be really, it's gonna be really nice for you because you're gonna have built-in babysitters. I know. Except I, they're they're pretty like we're not gonna be your built-in babysitters. Yeah. Really? <laughs> oh, Smart. Okay. I know. I know. Which is fine. Which is fine. We have like a great group of babysitters, but it will be nice because on the nights that they are home and like going to bed, they don't mind if we pop out for dinner or drinks or movies yeah. or whatever else that is. So that is really nice. It is. And, uh, and we'll be saving on rent. So that's a plus. Yeah. That's a big deal. Now I did it as a kid. I still remember when we moved in with uh, the grandparents and it is a special time. Like it feels yeah. like a slumber party every night, you know, yeah. like maybe that's just unique because I was an only child, but being at their house, for the few months that we are felt like a memory I'll never forget. So pump for your kids, pump for the two of you, you're moving. Now, how has the packing and purging gone? Is your relationship still (laughs) intact? Because I know that's not, I think I, what, what is it like (sighs) below finances, like moving or something? The top, top two things, the hardest things that you'll ever do in a relationship or a marriage are moving, buying a home, buying or selling a home, really. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, like, that was painful for me because I genuinely love our home where we currently live. I have loved this house. We have a massive backyard. And for like LA, that's just, you can't put money on that. And we've made some really wonderful memories. I actually didn't want to sell our home. It was Stephen who kept pushing me to do so. And the new home that we bought was a lot more expensive than what we currently have. So I, I'm Stephen is like a dreamer and I'm the person who processes all the things. And I'm like looking at numbers and I'm like, I can't do this. So I tried to go out to dinner with some friends the other night. Steven's like, I'm just going to pack. And I was like, don't touch a single thing. Do not pack anything. (laughs) And he was like, well, what am I allowed to do? And I said, you can go into your office and you can pack your office. And that's it. Like, (laughs) I'll do everything else. So, Deanna, (laughs) I feel you. 
I think there's something about decorating and packing. Yeah. I just like, I'm such a control freak about it. When we were packing up our apartment in LA, Jared was like throwing everything in a box, <laughs> like random boxes from different no. rooms. And I'm like, no, that's uh, when we move in, it's going to be so chaotic because yeah. you're not going to know where anything is. And I was perfectly labeling everything. And then <laughs> even when we moved into the new apartment, he was like putting box like moving in boxes into rooms that they weren't supposed to go into i was like then we're just gonna need to move the moving stuff kitchen exactly (laughs) i posted a picture to my stories yesterday because i i started labeling all the boxes and i caught myself as i was like writing each individual item on the box and i was like i'm neurotic that's what i am i'm neurotic it says Mm -hmm. kitchen Mm -hmm. in like seven places on this one box and it has everything listed on it and if it's glass i've got careful and big bold letters like (laughs) i'm making this more complicated i think that it really needs to be but the same way i think also because our stuff is going to be in storage for a period of time i wanted it to be very clear what goes where when it comes into the new house then mentally you feel disorganized even when you're not with the stuff because you're like in the storage unit it's disorganized so therefore my life is still a mess yeah or i was like what if i have to pop into the storage unit and try to find something i want to be able to like clearly find that box where i know there's going to be something that i need yeah just don't lose the ipads they're a kid's best friend right now (laughs) i'm telling you ben no one's going anywhere without the ipads (laughs) well uh it sounds like there's a lot going on in your life. We're super pumped for you. Thank you for joining us twice this year to talk about everything Bachelorette and Bachelor. And we have you back because we're doing this cool thing. Um, we're past uh, Bachelorettes are coming on to break down an episode and just also um, kind of honor you and say, hey, at one point in your life, you know what? You're I was on, really cool. You're on this show <laughs> and you're still cool and you're moving and your mother but did you watch this week's episode before we begin here breaking it down did you watch this week's episode i did i was crash coursing while i was packing okay perfect so you're ready to break it down with us and we're going to right after this quick break what keeps baby skin healthy a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet that's why pamper swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100 percent leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy we have been a pampers family since the start with dawson it takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works and for us pampers really works Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. All that, so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages They starved us, they beat us, they burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us, so we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, 
sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. (laughs) You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What in the world? Let's start out with the obvious. The first topic of conversation in this episode, just not tasteful for me. I don't know. Like I can have fun with like sexual humor sometimes, but like telling the guys that they can't, you know, 
it's just it was very weird. Call, it was very staged. Let's call it wacky do for the purpose okay, of this pod. That they can't wacky do <laughs> for, for a couple weeks. I, I also like find I, and call. I am old fashioned. I'm so fine saying that. And it, I so like am I. And so is Ben. We all know this. I, so I think the three of us get each other pretty okay. well. But I, there is a piece of this where I'm like, let's just leave a few things to the imagination like I, yeah. I am married I I am a grown woman I have sex with my husband but I don't need the entire world to know that and the details of it and when it is happening like there's just a piece of me that's like it's it's like the show is is stretching here like they're mm. really pulling for bits and and I don't like that part of the show I miss yeah. the genuine aspects of the show and maybe it was because it was COVID and they were stuck in some resort and didn't have anything else to do so they thought let's put them in a wedding dress and pretend there's a wedding I, I don't know oh that's another thing that we'll complain about in a second but I also was just like, okay, what are they thinking? Like, we haven't talked about Katie's sexuality in a few weeks. Like, let's <laughs> let's bring this into it. it yeah. And and then like like I don't. And then like for Caitlyn to come in and like tell the guys, it was just so weird. It was like a bad, bad, bad like dating SNL. show. Like one of those. Yeah, it's yeah, like an like SNL those, skit that went really yeah, wrong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like really bad. Like it was almost like <laughs> cringeworthy for me. I was like, no, no, no. No, don't, don't, don't. And we have to think here. So like, there's two ways to view this because I've been, you know, the show has stretched me, uh, especially socially, like year over year over year. Like there's things that happen that I'm like, Mm -hmm. I don't know how I feel about this. Let me sit on this for a bit. And then like, I learned that either be like, okay, I see where they were going or I see where Mm -hmm. they they weren't going. Mm -hmm. I don't on this one though, like understand what the viewer reaction is going to be. Like, do you think people, do they want people to be laughing at home? Do they want people to be like, relating with these men at home going oh my gosh this has to be so hard like I don't no I don't know what the hope was but here's the other thing that happened to me and you said it best and this is only the part that like really like kind of disturbed me was as soon as they start talking about it like funny for a bit maybe like even when the guys were talking about it, like there was some laughs I had in there but then I start like imagining these dudes like know, and I'm like whoa okay I know same <laughs> like well i need to take a shower now i was like oh, this feels like gross to me like i need a shower after seeing that it just felt like gross really it was it was just gross yeah. and i'm like and, and if it was something that like it's like not even something you could tally and keep track of it was literally no. just something for them to talk about that was gross yeah and then later on in the one date where the one guy was not that masturbating her, is gross i mean like i don't want people to like give me sh- for this you know what i mean but well, like they're gonna, the co- to- gonna give you the topic of conversation you, <laughs> you know what i mean you guys yes. know what i mean don't give me crap but like later on in the date when the one guy like sits down with her and he's telling her how often he does it and like when he gets <sighs> home from work and like on the weekends it's more than during the week I was that like, was such a turnoff for me uh, i was like I know, little, so I- unattractive like so unattractive there's a lot mm-hmm. going on at the beginning of this episode that like you know and the, the final part is to this whole conversation is you know, what does this do for the benefit of the relationship? Now, if this is Katie's idea and she's like, hey, it'd be nice if these guys didn't and it would prove something to me. But then like the language that she was using, like, I don't really want you to stop. Like, it's it's like offensive to me if you do stop, you know, like (laughs) so like I don't know how this benefited the relationship because these conversations like it's not the first time I felt like, whoa, that feels like they stretched it. Uh, and, and maybe went too far. Like that's happened. And I've been proven wrong that maybe it was the mm-hmm. right thing to stretch this one. I just don't know how it benefited any conversation or any relationship or built anything into the relationship other than like 
some weird, weird, like <laughs> visuals, visuals <laughs> yeah. and physical yeah. tension. So, um, odd way to start. One of the weirdest ways to start an episode ever, I would say ever in the history of the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the history yeah. of the show. Yeah. And that's, I think it's not going to go over well. We'll see. Um, I, I actually haven't seen what, um, the ratings look like this season in particular. I don't even know why I'm thinking about this, but I am intrigued to know with this being a the first season without Harrison and B uh with the two bachelorettes there's just and COVID and all the many moving parts I really would like to know what the viewership looks like like are people truly enjoying the show I know I I know I know so anyway I just was like what what are people feeling like are they are they vibing are they feeling this I also really struggle with I, I believe from my point of view, I think it is an um, an older yep. um, fan loyalty, you know? And mm-hmm. I don't know if that, those viewers are really getting attached to the vibe of, of the show. Well, there's there's a couple things that have been really great. We talked about it last week on this on the episode about this season. Um, we've been educated and had open conversations about uh, sexual assault. Uh, mm-hmm. That's been incredible. And, and mm-hmm. something that like, uh, will praise Katie for over and over again, that they've opened up the door, mm-hmm. that they've promoted great uh, organizations in the process. Also, uh, it's a fairly, I think what, what's been said, the most diverse cast uh, ever yeah. on The Bachelorette. Yeah. Huge win, right? They've they've listened. The show's responded. I feel like that's a, a massive benefit to the show. Uh, also, I think underlying by, behind all this, which is probably something that that I've needed as a viewer to watch, is the education on like sexual freedom, like being able to talk about sex and being able to explore your sexuality. And as a woman, like being able to be open about your intrigues and interests, but this one doesn't fall in any of those categories. Like this, this felt like a step back. And I I think of like, you know, I did the bachelor live on stage tour last year. And a lot of the fans that would show up to this tour were older. Uh, And they'd, Mm -hmm. they'd always tell me, Oh, we've watched the show for 20 years. You know, they've, Mm -hmm. They were in their 30s or 40s, and now they're in their 60s, 70s watching the show. And I thought all like through their eyes, like all this stuff has pushed them this season and, and even last season and made them think and made them uh, almost like process internally. But this one, I just feel I feel like if my grandma was watching this, which she does, she's going to be like really thrown off, like super thro- like there's no even education piece to this. And maybe there is. And if I'm missing it. Please write us, criticize me, uh, tear me apart. If there's something Fill I'm us in. Yeah, missing us in. here, please write me, write us about it because I, right now I'm not seeing it and I, I need a little help seeing it. Yeah, the only piece I could kind of think was that she was, and if, if it came from Katie, the only thing that I could kind of see is the abstinence part, mm. you know, because if, uh, Stephen and I did this uh, before we got married, we completely abstained um, from sex before we got married for a full year. Um, that's the only piece that I kind of got when I was trying to not feel weird and gross about it. That was the only thing that I thought maybe she was looking for abstinence so that when it came to the point, if she was going to choose to be with someone or share that moment with someone that it would be truly like built up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm trying to like, I, I think I'm trying to be a little graceful here, but I, I think it was lost. So I, the pieces, I, I don't get why they did it. Wouldn't that have been communicated then? Like if that was the point, which yeah. would make sense, like wouldn't have that been communicated instead of just this like, let's like make like 
let's play a game. Like that's kind of how yeah, it felt. And maybe maybe it was yeah. Ben. Maybe they just edited mm. that I know, piece out to, to try and find like humor in it, but it wasn't funny. That's the thing. Like it just felt gross. Really, I didn't find the humor in it. I didn't think it was funny. Um, and I also don't like the way it made Katie look. Yeah. Well, let's move on then because we've already decided this was a weird like start to the show. <laughs> so yeah. it continues to get weird and annoying. Okay. Yeah. Continue, <laughs> Ash. What's going on with Justin's date? Every single season mm. i'm here complaining about the wedding dress date oh my gosh this one took it even a little bit further than just a photo shoot in a wedding dress they did vows she walked down the aisle that was like you can kiss the bride it was the weirdest thing ever talk about taking a sacred moment and just ruining it you have to you have to save that moment for when you're actually getting married. So, you know, I had the same reaction, Ashley. I thought the same thing. Like a lot of times if they're doing it on other seasons, like they're making a bit of a joke out of it. Yeah. And if it's like a group date and right. like they're like laughing and they're like rolling around in mud in a wedding dress, different. This was like a full blown ceremony. Yeah. This didn't feel funny. It didn't feel like a joke. Like I feel like the, the two of them took it very seriously. And yeah, I think I'm right there with you. Like, it's a very cherishable moment. I don't know that I would have wanted to, like, mimic that, especially with someone that I didn't even know. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, they probably haven't spent any time together. Not even one of your front runners, because at least with Tasha <laughs> and Zach, I was like, okay, so they're imagining themselves, like, doing this for real. Like, I, I vibe it. With Justin, really like the guy, but, like, he is not been somebody at the top of our list for Katie. Right, right. Well, so I think that was the other piece where I just felt like it was lost a little bit too. And to get personal and relate it to my story a bit, you know, I came off this show in a relationship and engaged and like, we took that very serious. It didn't work mm -hmm. out. Um, and, you know, both of us are very happy on our own past now. But the one thing, you know, that was always kind of sad to me was, you know, the, oh, I've been engaged before. Like, not that it's a bad thing. A lot of people have, like, my dad has been, you know, that's not, like, uncommon. But it still is, like, okay, like, that wasn't ideal. Like, not the way I, I envisioned mm -hmm. this going down. So the one, like, honest at times, like, kind of, like, moment I would step into is, yeah, but I, like, but the one thing I'm not, I've never been married. Um, yeah. And again, even if you are, that's okay. But for me and my story, it's, like, and I've never seen anybody walk down the aisle towards me. Um, and like, that's going to be very special to me, no matter how, you know. And for this moment, it felt like that ripped that part away. Like, you can't say that. And it just felt, you can't. it felt too serious. It felt oddly not fun for either of them. Probably a little awkward for both of them. Like, well, again, I think the show is like reaching here, like the same thing. It's like they're running out of ideas or running out of ways to entertain the viewers or do dates or do other things. And it truly, to me, felt like they were reaching. Yeah. I, I wonder this. I feel like this date might have even more of a negative reaction than even the start of the episode, because I don't think many people are going to watch this and be like, that was awesome. Like people go through, <laughs> yeah. go through divorce. They go through multiple marriages. I mm -hmm. understand that. And that's part of life. Uh, but they've also done it with the intention, like of making it sure, work, you know, sure. this, this was almost looked like they were joke. making, yeah, they're yeah, making a they joke, were making fun of it, uh, of the importance of what marriage maybe was. And, and again, maybe, maybe Katie feels completely differently about it. And, and the guy too, what was his name? Justin. 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 Yeah, maybe. I, but again, it seemed to be like afterwards that they shared a really sweet moment yeah. together. And, I, and so that aside, I, I liked Katie's vulnerability, the way that she spoke about, you know, 
her father who mm-hmm. come to find out was not her real dad. And I, I mm-hmm. enjoyed that piece of it and the vulnerability and the connection that they had from that. Like I yeah. would have much rather seen more of that than a fake wedding with the two of them. Like, I, mean, I remember what I was going to say. Basically I would have just uh, completely rejected this. I would have oh, yeah, told yeah. the, pre- I was like, I can't do this. I'm not going to ruin this moment for me. Like by playing pretend. Sure. Um, and then secondly, there were other ways for them to get the conversation going about her dad than like having to do a full blown ceremony. Yeah, mm. it, it is. It almost just didn't feel like it fit, you know, like do this fake wedding, be together. And yeah. now we need you to be vulnerable with each other. It, it almost is just like it just didn't fit. Like it, mm-hmm. the two did not go together. So yeah. it, just as a viewer even if I could put aside the fact that I've ever been on the show, I would have much rather seen that just a normal date with the two of them talking and and sharing about their life. I would have much rather seen that than this fake wedding and fake vows. I I just didn't need that. Yeah. Now here's a crazy part as an officiant, because I am a, I am a licensed (laughs) officiant. Like you are, you are really pulling out some new stops here. I am trying my hardest. Um, (laughs) but they're not far from being married. Like outside of a outside. I mean, they did the vows. They made the commitment. I know. Like they kissed the bride <laughs> and she kissed him like outside of a document, which is only common in the modern era. Yeah. Like, and that's kind of weird, right? Like my, the pastor of my church at home would say like, what is like, what do you need to be getting married? Like your commitment's already there. Like you, yeah. like I hold a responsibility to Jessica right now because of our engagement and our commitment. Like I hold that very, uh, like strongly and personally. So that this, I think we can all agree here. Maybe we're again, we're wrong. I've been wrong so many times breaking down this show, but at least, at least we can agree here. Uh, I would have said no to that date. And yeah. that date felt weird to watch. And in fact, I didn't watch it. I fast forwarded through it. So I didn't even know they said the vows. You're so smart. Why did I think of that? It just felt weird. And come on. Like, what, what's his name? Franco? Is that his name? Oh, yeah. Uh, is that Franco? Like, let's yeah. use Franco in a better way. Like, that guy's talented. He's fun to watch. Can we get him to do something other than this? Because that guy's special. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been a hard pass for me, too. I think of several things when I did the show where I, I, I had to put my foot down and I was like, no, it's just stupid. I'm not doing that. Like, I'm not going to do that. It just doesn't make sense. And I think this would have been the same thing for me. Like it's a hard pass. It's a hard Mm -hmm. pass. Totally. And then we move on to a drag queen date where the guys are supposed (laughs) to throw shade, learn how to like roast each other on a stage. And of course, like there's a new guy to kind of get at every single week. And this week it's Hunter. Poor Hunter. And like, you know, I know Hunter comes across a little bit like mm, a little more abrasive than the other guys, maybe. But like, he's done nothing wrong. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? I also it was another piece of the show where I think it was supposed to be funny, but it wasn't funny. Like mm-hmm. I, if when you think a roast and especially when they've done it on previous seasons, like at least sometimes it was pretty funny. Yeah, but I just. I didn't think it was funny at all. Yeah, it it wasn't. And it, it, cause they start out nice. Like you can tell these guys are not like wanting to step too far. And I think they got pushed. Be meaner, be meaner, be meaner, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. I, you know, I think they could have all chosen at that moment to not get meaner, but some chose to, which for me as a bachelor at one point, and maybe for you too, when, during your time, I would have watched that from Katie's view and go, okay, who chose to enter in here and who chose to not get meaner? Because I, for me, it wouldn't have been attractive 
if somebody did get meaner in that moment, even if they were pushed, I want people to go against um, the pressure uh, of the others and say, no, I'm going to choose to stay who I want to be here. But some chose to get meaner and it got, it got a little heated. It got uh, heated enough where there were some questions asked afterwards. Uh, It felt, I don't know. It was weird because like these two drag Queens were hilarious and they were obviously very talented they're really mm-hmm. good at hosting it. Uh, we could have, it could have been really funny. Like, I think it could have been almost like the joke portion that they, of the date that they did a, a few uh, months ago. Instead, it just got, it just teamed up on Hunter. Here's my question for you in all of this. Over and over to you and Ashley, we've seen this season where there's not a lot of bullying necessarily, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of teaming up against one person. Every week, the group has decided who they're going to eliminate. And every week, that person has been eliminated. <laughs> yeah, I know. Do we enjoy that? Is that a good trend here in the show? Are we feeling like the like the me- mentality of let's like all gang up on this one person is unhealthy or can cause issues? Like, how are you two processing that? Deanna, we've been joking that it's like Survivor. Like the guys get together and vote one off every single week. And the first couple weeks I was okay with it because it really seemed like they were eliminating the bad apples. (laughs) But then when they started getting on Thomas, that's when I started getting over it. Because I was like, this guy's just being honest. And you guys are just nitpicking everything. Like this week, honestly, what did Hunter do besides saying... um, like, these are the top four in the house. Like, I watch the show. I can tell. Like, what? Yeah. Now, super fans, they're yeah. getting in trouble just because they've watched the show before? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I'm kind of like, um, I'm with you, Ben, where I, I was sitting there, and if I had been The Bachelorette, I would have looked for the opportunity of someone to dodge the drama. Like, I don't yeah. like drama at all. I don't want to be involved in stuff like that. I, even when I was on The Bachelor, I did not do things like that. I just didn't want any part of it. Like I, in my own personal life, I'm just that kind of person. I don't like drama. So I, if I had been Katie and sitting there, I would have looked for the moment for, for the guys to rise above and not, because also like, doesn't that say something about yourself? If you're that person who's quick to like tell or like spread rumors or create unnecessary drama or also just flat out be mean, like what makes you think that you're the person that someone wants to be with? You know, that's even outside of this show. Like, if you look in your personal life, like, nobody wants to hang out with people like that. Mm. So I I thought the same thing, too, as you, Ashley. I was like, what did Hunter do? Like, I mean, (laughs) I get where he was talking to the the one drag queen. I can't remember her name. But he said, no, I'm not in love yet. So, like, that was was shady. Yeah, that was a little sketchy. You can't be honest. Or maybe he was just nervous. Maybe he was uncomfortable. Maybe he's never spoken to a drag queen before. He didn't know how to act. Like, what? we can't process what was going through his head at that moment. Maybe he just truly felt uncomfortable, but I think that standing on stage in front of all those guys and then saying he was falling in love, that was probably not a smart choice on his behalf. But I also thought the same thing. Like, what did he do wrong? Yeah. There's one thing to say, like not a smart choice versus like doing something really wrong. And I don't think that him saying, no, I'm not in love. And then him saying, I am falling in love. Because we do know that there's a discrepancy between in love and falling in love while on The Bachelor. All right. Do you know you're on a show and they have a camera in yeah. your face? It's probably going to make TV. Uh, I did respect that Hunter chose to take the high road. Like yeah. that he did not. He, I, I, whatever. Whether he falls in love with her or whatever, it doesn't matter. I respected the fact that he chose to take the high road and not bash any of the guys or not stand up there and say, oh, they're all liars. He just said, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to do this. And Mm -hmm. I, that I totally respect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
That was just weird. Let's go on to, I guess that's it for the group date. Yeah, it kind of ended there. Well, then the nighttime portion when there was so much drama and the, uh, I forget dude's name that like ratted on Hunter and then she gets all like sick and starts barfing. But like, what a a situation, man. What a situation. You guys, that was what she threw up over? I can't believe in the teaser. I was like, this? She throws up over Hunter drama? Well, she (laughs) cares. I was going to be like, Greg. I'm hoping she didn't have enough to eat and she just had too much red wine and that was the real issue. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Me too. I mean, she's shown it all season. She carries like her emotions very close to her chest. Like she is, she like really doesn't like this part of it. She's never... (laughs) I don't know if there's a good way to handle her or if you can say even she handles it well, but all season she's shown that like, she doesn't have this great ability to process through like the drama and the people hating mm-hmm. on each other, which I really respect about her. Like she doesn't yeah. want that. She doesn't desire that. And so, you know, every week, I mean, just the worst statement though, uh, anybody can ever make is I think she said something along the lines of this night is going so well. I don't think anything can ruin it. And then next scene, she's getting told. Then she's puking in the toilet. It's like, I just think she wants to see things progress in a healthy way. And when yeah. unhealthy stuff comes in, I just feel like she just gets over it. And like, I this makes me sick. Like, it just makes me tired. And I respect that yeah. about her. I think, yeah. yeah, you don't want to see any any bachelor or bachelor like kind of dive into the drama with them. Mm, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know why this episode sucked, guys? Because we had no Why? Michael A. Uh, no Michael No A. appearances from Michael A. We saw his face. He spoke nothing. Mm, so sad. And, so sad. I mean, let's just, icing on the cake, we get rid of Connor B this episode. I get it. There was no physical connection there. They were good friends. Yeah. Like, yeah. But still, good guy. I mean, there was more tears shed over his departure than... I believe there's going to be at the end of this season. Like, I actually really enjoyed it though because I agree. It just it just truly shows how hard the entire process is, and 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 I feel a little bit like just cliche saying that, but it is true. You know, it, it is an emotional roller coaster, good and bad. But I remember going through a similar situation with a guy on my show, and it was pretty early on, kind of the same thing super nice guy. He was handsome. I really liked him as a friend, but I had to go through this whole date with him. Mm-hmm. And then he obviously was into me and he was trying to kiss me. And I was like, oh, God. and I'm just not, it is hard for me to, I'm not a good liar. I mean, really, that's what it is. I'm not a good liar. And I don't like misleading people or the, the, you know, misleading their trust or anything like that. And it like murdered me. Like I cried more on that date when I sent that one guy home. Um, and he came to my wedding. Like we stayed friends for Aww, years. I, can I know. Feel, I, I know. understand exactly what you're saying. But it just like made me sick to, to my stomach to think like, oh, this is what it's going to be like. That I have to like break people's heart or I'm leading them on or like he has no clue. And it just like, it it just murdered me. It mm-hmm. just, it really wrecked me. And I saw that with, with Katie too. Like he's a good dude. Why don't you like him? He's handsome. He's Can't nice put guy. your finger on it. Right. But it's just not there. And it probably, I imagine like for her and you know what, you're tired. <laughs> you're hungry. You yeah. know, there's all, all the other things going on at the same Yo, time. When she showed up in her sweatshirt to his room, I was like, this girl just wants a night off. She's probably yeah. so excited to <laughs> yeah. not have to go on a date and to get room service tonight. Yeah. Uh, what's funny is that they, I said it before. I'm going to say it again. They had more physical chemistry when he was dressed up like a cat. Mm. 
<laughs> there must be. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah. Also, no, when he came out the limo, I was like, "Why is he dressed as a cat? What's wrong with him?" <laughs> no, to Katie's future husband, cat costumes, big win, massive big win. win. So then Blake shows up. He does a little. Uh, what's the movie with John Cusack when he holds up the speaker? Say anything? Yeah. Okay. I just like there's something about like, so Blake is I after that conversation about his like schedule when he gets home I just I I just didn't I can't <laughs> so so I don't know I really think that he might win though no. I think that he, yeah no I think he might yeah no you stop it you yeah. stop it if he wins I'm like I I don't I, think he does I, do you guys feel the same like I don't know what it is. I mean, I, again, it was just going off of the the start of the episode, like the the intro to this conversation. It could have been really sweet. She was in a tough place. Now, I'm interested, Deanna, to hear your side of this, because as great as these dudes are, and, and it mm-hmm. might just be me personally, um, when I was filming my season, I had what I remember three nights off where like a date didn't go well. I was tired. I said, I'm done. Like, I just want to go home. And get in a hotel and the show was like you can do that like go ahead so i'd end the dates and i'd go back just to like regroup and then twice during those times <laughs> at some point in the night somebody knocks on my door and shows up wanting to console me now sweet you're like please don't do yeah, this it's a sweet gesture i just need a long time <laughs> i just want to eat my chicken fingers and fries and peas yeah and watch football on television with nobody talking to me and i was so close until your good-hearted nature came in and you said i need to go check on ben now i see this even my, with my relationship with jessica now like there's no human that brings me more joy and that i feel more comfortable around than jessica there has been many of occasions where I've been like, hey, I'm going to go for a walk or, hey, I'm going to go downstairs. I just need some time. Like, yeah, I just need that. And if she were to come down, sit beside me and be like, are you OK? Can we talk? Dear, dear Ben. Yeah. And it's like, no. Like, yeah. And she gets that. That's healthy. Um, she respects that time. I respect that time with her. So I just felt like, OK, this was a sweet gesture. I'm assuming like probably not what Katie was looking for that evening. And then it goes into this conversation that kind of goes back to the beginning of the episode. And it really started to throw me off. Like, right away, I'm like, this is no longer, like, sweet. It's kind of just more, like, it felt like they were, like, sexting. Which, again, fine. I just don't want to hear about it. Like, I don't want to yeah. read Ashley and Jared sexting. I love Ashley. No. I love Jared. I don't want to read how they sex to each other. Oh, I'm right there with you, man. There's got to be some things that are left to the imagination. And I don't want any part of it. Yeah, mm. I... Yeah. Uh, I think you're right on several things. So um, obviously being the bachelor and bachelorette, that stuff happens all the time. You know what I'm saying? Where people just pop in and I always tried to give a little grace because I realized a producer probably put them up to it. Right. Yeah. And then selfishly, they would probably really like to have some time alone with the bachelor or the bachelorette. Like who doesn't want that? So there's twofold. Right. But I remember thinking at one point, well, I got in trouble one night actually, because it was after a rose ceremony and my producer went to sleep. He no longer works on the show, but he was like, I'm going to bed. Is that cool? And I was like, yeah, go to bed, go to bed. And I found my headphones. They had taken them from me, but I found my headphones and my, my music. And I actually just snuck down to the guy's house and just hung out. We all just like sat around the bonfire. No one even had like deep conversations. We were just listening to music and doing like a normal thing. 
And I ended up getting in so much trouble by the executive producers for that. Like they were like, what if something had happened to you? And I was like, well, what was going to happen? What kind of guys are you putting yeah, on the show? Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, I can't be alone. They <laughs> meant, what if you fell in love then? <laughs> well, what do you mean? What if something happened? But I, I got in so much trouble. And I remember leaving there and I was sobbing, which like was enough. And I just remember thinking like, I don't like any of y'all and I want to be alone. Like you're, you're punishing me like a child. And I'm not a child. I'm 26 years old and I've lived on my own for 14 years. Like I, I don't need you to punish me like a child. And I remember feeling betrayed. And then they tried to send when I arrived home, uh, after being on a date with another guy, they tried to send a guy up to the house to hang out with me and like mm-hmm. console me. And I was like, no, no, not happening. no, I locked the doors and like barricaded me in. And I was like, I'm not doing this. Not tonight. Yeah. I'm sorry. All right, I'm not. Good for I'm you. Not. And it never is like, for me, it was never like the guy that I truly liked anyway. You know, like, yeah, I'm not good at multiple dating. I never have been. So it never happened to be the guy that I really wanted it to be because that guy probably was like, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm not, that sounds stupid. I'm not going to do that. Isn't Blake Uh, real known? Isn't he the one that walked in the Harrison's room one night? No, that's another guy. That's a different guy. Um, is Blake known to like show up to rooms or is this the first time he's done this? I feel like I've known him to do this before. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't remember. Yeah, maybe I'm crazy here. Anyways. No, but you guys don't agree with me in like thinking that he like might be the actual front runner now? No, I don't. I hope not. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I shouldn't say I hope See, not. See, well, no, why I- is it, Deanna? <laughs> because it's between the conversation and then there was this hot headline that we had last week where he Sorry. was like, Katie doesn't mind it if I say fucking and I'm like, okay, <laughs> there's really just like something not romantic and I'm like not being wooed by you. I, I think that's why I'm saying no. Okay. And I, and I shouldn't do that because I'm not Katie. Maybe she totally likes him. I don't know. Yeah. But he reminds me of like that bro, like in college, who was just like a bro. Like he was the one who was willing to go out every Friday, Saturday night and get as wasted as possible and be the biggest asshole, you know, that he could possibly be. Like that, for me, that's what I get from him. And I was never attracted to dudes like that to begin with. So I'm surely not now after being married for 10 years. Like I'm just so turned off by that at all. Like, Period. I don't think he wins, Ash. I really don't. Okay. I, I mean, and if I, then this is my like viewer opinion. If he won, I believe this romantic gesture that he just did would have came off a little more romantic. So, so the mm. show is like, hey, we can root for this guy. Like, I yeah. just felt like it was fine. It worked for them. They obviously had a good time. Katie, you know, invited him in. But I just don't feel like it got maybe the the. Then you say that like she could have been like, no, you cannot come in. I know. <laughs> well, I you did know. it. <laughs> you yeah. barricaded. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know anymore. This this whole thing was wild. This whole episode made me feel confused. Uh, Ashley, <laughs> let's transfer then into uh, the rose ceremony, which rose we ceremony. see coming up next. Uh, Cocktail party gets canceled yeah uh, good decision enough. because i do really think that like the conversations weren't going to make a difference here no she does pull hunter aside she says that she needs to like get closure on what was going on but like don't really get closure right <laughs> like i don't re- i felt nothing from that conversation i don't know that they established anything um but then she goes ahead and eliminates him she also eliminates Aaron, Trey, and James. And isn't that interesting that Trey gets eliminated? Because, Ben, we had that conversation last week about how the group date rose isn't that big of a deal. Yeah, it is. It, it's super interesting. You know, Katie's new kind of like claim to fame this season 
I, and I'm a huge Katie fan, is this, hey, let's pause the rose ceremony and pull somebody outside move. That's been done multiple yeah. times this season. Oh, yeah. It's it's an interesting move. I don't hate it. Uh, but what it does, I just think about these poor dudes standing there. Like, you know that cameras shift. You know that it's probably a good hour-long break where these oh. dudes are just standing there waiting for Ugh. an hour to this yeah. thing to get done. Like, that's the part I feel bad for. But for her... At least maybe she's feeling like, hey, if I have these conversations um, outside of the public, then I can break up with them easier or give them a little more like push out the door. But yeah, it's Katie's move. So Ashley, who was eliminated this week? Who stayed? Trey, Aaron, Hunter and James. We're all, all eliminated. not surprising, except for the fact that Brendan stayed. Yeah. <laughs> who is this Brendan? <laughs> We've never seen them talk. We've seen them talk once, okay? We felt nothing. And he stayed over... I think it's... Hunter? Him staying over Hunter and Trey and even maybe James feels weird. Yeah. I also feel like for producers alone, like they they could have stretched out drama for episodes had they just kept Hunter. Like they could have kept... And I feel like they do that every season. They like keep somebody along so they can milk the drama piece of it. So I actually was surprised that... uh, that he got sent home. This is the first season. We don't have somebody drag on. Sure. So the remainder, the remainders are Blake, Andrew, Greg, Michael A, Mike P, and Brendan. Wow. So like we only have, we only have six. We only have six guys. Yeah. Two really? weeks until hometown. Three, four, five, six. Oh yeah. wow! Wow, it goes fast. When it's <laughs> not oh, and then yeah. and then Justin, <laughs> Justin. So there's seven guys. Okay. Wow. It goes fast. Yeah, it flies by. I mean, we're, we're getting closer and closer to hometowns. We're two episodes away. I will say this. I think we're done with the with anybody getting isolated and pushed out the door. I, Same, I, just, I, agree. I think these guys are a good group of guys. I think it's a great top seven. Uh, I think she has a solid group to choose from. And I believe here's my assumption. This that in itself will make this the hardest for her is that she has so many good guys. And I think she, she's having feelings for multiple men Mm -hmm. at this point, that that will be the hardest thing as she moves forward is trying to narrow it down. Yeah. Yeah. Or really just trying to, um, to work on those individual relationships. Cause I do think you're right. I think she has some pretty strong connections with multiple guys. And I think really, once you get down to hometown dates, things start to look for real, you know, like you have real emotions invested and, and all of that. But I, I hope and what I would love to see is that she's able to define her individual relationships without letting them bleed into one another. Yep. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be an interesting end of the season. Okay, uh, Deanna, we, we end it every time in this way. We're going to do it with you on here. Uh, and just because we only have seven left, who is your top two for Katie as we move in to the next couple weeks? Um. I can't, I can't pick. I don't have a top two. And for the life of me, I can't even remember their names. Yeah, fair enough. That should just tell you like the season itself is, but I, I, I'm not there yet. I can't pick um, a top two. Okay. Ashley, you're always good at this. Who is your top two now that Connor B is gone? Hunter is gone. What's going on? Greg and Blake. Ugh. I, yeah, geez. I, I still think Andrew's up there for me and Greg, I think are the two top choices for me mostly because i'm cheating and going off of that teaser at the end where she jumps into andrew's arms and, and yells at him there's like something special in that moment i don't know um, yeah. really that's a departure moment but i'm forgetting <laughs> you know like i'm f- forgetting michael a there i think michael a might even be up there 
above Blake still. Like Blake isn't even in my top three because I think Michael A took a week off because he's about to come back in a huge way next week. Uh, but we'll see a lot of questions. Uh, a weird episode. I would say it wasn't uh, my favorite episode. I can't say that it wasn't a great episode because we still, you know, accomplished what we needed to. We got to a rose ceremony. Uh, but I'm hoping the rest of the season, we no longer have to hear about wacky dudes. That just doesn't seem good to me. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to talk about that anymore. Yeah, I don't want just... to see any more about it. I hope that they don't talk about it anymore. I don't want to have that. Mm, just awkward. Well, uh, Deanna, thank you for coming on. Thank you for breaking down the episode. It's been awesome to spend some time with you. Good luck on your move and everything going on in the future. You're the best and we appreciate you. Thank, Thank you, you guys. so much. It was so much right. fun having you. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. What keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works. And for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. All that so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin for trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it. Sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. 
It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Guys, we have wow, my voice just cracked. Did you hear that? You're nervous. You're so nervous. Flowing. I don't get nervous with Nick. I've met him a zillion times. You're still so excited. We've got Nick Carter on the line, guys. What's up? Um, We're good. You are here because you guys have a very exciting announcement. Yes. You have a new Vegas residency at Planet Hollywood. Yes. Um, and you guys are doing it throughout November and December, 12 shows. Mm-hmm. And I'm so excited because like, I thought the Vegas days were over, but now we get to go do it again. I know we're, we're really excited. Um, this was an idea that we were uh, uh, floating around for um, some time uh, and and it just kind of came together and we're really excited because I live in Vegas. Um, I, I could literally drive right down the, you know, 15 minutes uh, taking care of my kids and then go, uh, um, you know, give them breakfast and then later on in the day, go and do some work. So uh, it, it's, it's really, really cool. I mean, great stage. Uh, again, we were on that stage for two years. It was mm-hmm. like had about 80 shows. Um, that we had done. It was one of the best, uh, fastest selling residencies in history in Vegas. And yeah, it's just great to be back home. And and also with a really cool um, twist, a little holiday vibe that we're going to be doing a nice, um, uh, it's going to still have some some elements of uh, of the, the hits incorporated into it as well. But we're going to be doing some some classic Christmas songs uh, too. 
Now, so Nick, fun. we've uh, spent many times at Planet Hollywood. Uh, iHeart, every time we go out for iHeart Fest, we're there. Uh, I've been there a few times. Why Planet Hollywood? What makes it a good partner and a good fit? Um, well, first of all, I, I like to say that's probably the best, one of the best stages in, in Las Vegas. Um, it's just the room, they, they designed it in a way that, you know, the acoustics are really great. The, the seating is incredible. The, the experience is, is incredible as well. It, you have a lot of just, um, uh, places where you could be really close to the mm -hmm. artist. You know, you're right up on the front of the stage and, you know, have these awesome tables that are set up, you know, for bottle service if, you know, the ladies, want, ladies and gents want to come out and have a little party with the Backstreet Boys. Oh, it's uh, you know. so much fun sitting in that pit area, you know, the right outside the pit. She knows. She knows. <laughs> it's great, it's great. Ashley bought season tickets. She's there every <laughs> night. <laughs> you guys come out to like, you're able to form the stage so that you can like come closer to the crowd. And um, one time, Nick, I think it was you who invited me and Jared up on the stage and we like yeah. climbed up that way and Seriously, one of the best moments of our <laughs> life. So freaking cool and unexpected. And what's what's funny too is that um, I've had a couple people tell me because I live out in Vegas. I had one guy tell me he goes, he goes, I got to tell you a really funny story. And he said, um, I saw you at like this uh, this butcher shop getting some steak one time, <laughs> and I was really embarrassed because I didn't want to like uh, like look at you because when you had performed, you did the residency. Um, I felt like I was the only guy in the audience that you were like looking straight at the entire time. And I think you were going to remember and recognize who I was. And so he was like hiding from me. trying. Yeah. To <laughs> and so the, my point is that, that like, you're literally like right in our faces and like you, you could touch everybody, but it's like that little uncomfortable feeling. Like if you're, if you're sitting on the performer, but if you're sitting in the audience, you're like, Oh my God, I get like, is, is he looking at just me? So it's it's awkward, so but, personal. Yeah. No, you guys are great at eye contact. As a boy bander, <laughs> you know how important eye contact is with your audience because like that moment that you share like three seconds with a girl is going to last the rest of her life. It's so funny. Yeah, no, we it's I mean, look, yeah, uh, we've been doing it. I've been doing it since I was 11 years old. Uh, it's going on 28 years in the Backstreet Boys. And so, um, yeah, I guess you could say we're seasoned. Now, <laughs> Nick, I've always been intrigued by this. I've been to a few shows in, in Las Vegas. They've always been incredible. But you've traveled the world with the Backstreet Boys. Uh, you've traveled the world uh, performing. When when somebody wants to come to a Las Vegas show, are they getting the same energy as they would uh, maybe in a bigger, op more open arena? Like, Do you feel like they're getting an experience that's worth coming to? Oh, 100%. Um, I, I think it's in some ways it's different and better. Um, uh, because you, there's only what, like 5,000 seats in that, uh, that theater. And, um, you know, you're again, like I said, you're really, really close, mm. but the stage is really big. It's a very big stage and you can fill it with so many amazing, you know, set pieces and uh, a band or whatever you decide to do. Um, but it's, you're getting, you're definitely getting a piece of what a live performance is. That was something that on our last residency, a lot of the a lot of the artists did like the the the, the Celine Dion's, the the sets and all these you know things. It was very um, Cirque kind of driven. We we made it a point to to bring almost like a pop rock show, you know, mm. into into this theater, which would give you uh, a more of a you know a live um, arena show kind of experience. And yeah, so that's what that stage is really good for. Awesome. So, what made you and your wife Lauren move to Vegas? 
Uh, first of all, we love the heat. Um, no, Same. Just joking. Really no, hot. really? You don't love the heat and you decided <laughs> to move to Vegas? No, no, honestly. It, it's, I, I, we came to Las Vegas for the residency. We didn't okay. expect to stay there necessarily. Um, my son, you know, he was just turning like a year old and we had, we came from Calabasas. Uh, we were in Hidden Hills for a while and, um, just decided to take a chance, stay there for the residency, buy a house and kind of just, you know, see what it's all, what, what it's about. And a lot of people who moved to Vegas, they, they say the same thing. They're like, Oh, I was only going to be here for like, you know, you know, a couple years. And then they're there for 30 years. And the reason mm. for that is that it's just a really incredible community. A lot of people think about the strip as being like, oh, well, that's what it's all about. But there's a big city outside, you know, of Las Vegas and, and a really loyal community um, that just, they, they love each other and they take care of each other. There's great food there. You know, like if I want, I can kind of just, you know, jump in the car and go get Nobu or whatever, you know, at, you know, in one of the casinos. Um, and if I want to, which I don't do a lot, you can go gamble if you want, but, uh, but no, for the most part, it's a, it's a really, really great city. And I, I, you know, you think of Hollywood as being like the, obviously one of the entertainment capitals of the world when it comes to movies. Well, I mean, listen, other than maybe like Broadway or like a little bit of New York, it's like the, it's a, or maybe even Nashville with the, the, you know, the, the music vibe, I think it's one of the live music entertainment capitals of the world. So I feel at home there. For sure. You guys welcomed your third child in April, mm. Pearl. Congrats. How is it being a dad to three? Oh my God. So it's, it's a, it's a lot of work. That's for sure. Um, and, and it's not really, you know, having, you know, three children, uh, my, my son, you know, he's turning five or he turned five and, um, daughter is turning two, Sears is turning two and Pearl is a little bit over two months old. You know, the, the personalities, the differences between all of them, the, for, I think what's the hardest part is delegating time, you know, to, to them because they want your attention. You know, they want, you know, every, every one of them, you know, so there's a lot of that kind of like, you know, passing around and just kind of just, you know, finding, finding the time to, to cater to their, their, um, their emotions and their needs. And that takes a lot of work and a lot of energy. So and now I have to, because for the past year, we've all been in quarantine and, you know, uh, I've been nothing but just dad, you know, didn't do anything else other than that, mm -hmm. changing diapers. And, and just, uh, now I got to integrate the, uh, this entertainer side of me back into it again. And that to me, there's a little bit of a, a, a tug of war going on, you know, an internal battle because, you know, now I have to kind of dedicate a little bit of time to myself when I really don't want to, I want to just dedicate it to my kids. The, uh, a little personal question, my final question for you, because we've talked uh, over the last couple of weeks here on this podcast a ton about transitions in life and about different seasons of life. You know, Nick, you are um, one of the best known performers in the world. Uh, again, you've traveled the world. Uh, you've had people uh, crying at eye contact with you uh, and mm -hmm. you're a dad and, and you're a good dad now. And how in like as you've transitioned into this role you just talked about it a bit but how has that been for you to kind of in a sense rip away the label of you know single backstreet boy on a stage and then move into this well um you know as a a father um you know you you don't realize until you actually you know have your first child you know how it 
how basically it, 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 it's not about you anymore, you know, mm. and as an entertainer, you know, as a performer, you know, there's a little bit of that, like, obviously you're, you're a show person and you're, you know, you got to kind of like do the things to, to, to live that type of lifestyle. But, you know, when you're a father and, or a mother, um, you know, you, you realize it's not about you and it's about them. And that's pretty much how I live my life now is, is everything, everything I do is for them. You know, mm. the money that I make is, is for the schools. Um, you know, the, I, I drive a, a pickup truck now that, you know, I, I, I don't care about material things, um, you know, as, as much, um, and just, you know, food, the, the simple things. And, and when, now that I realize that when I do go out and I do work and I do perform and I, uh, I do those things, there's a real purpose behind it, you know, that, that drives me to, to be the, the best that I can be. And thank you a lot for sharing. Nice. Did you guys were on a world tour when COVID happened and you had to go home and you were home for a whole year. Did you kind of enjoy the fact that like you had no excuses to be anywhere else? Um, it, th yes, there was a, a part of that as well. I mean, um, the, the bad side of it is that I put on 15 pounds that I got to lose mm -hmm. this residency. Not a boy. I'm going to be a fat street boy if I don't do that sooner <laughs> than later. Um, and yeah, I mean, look, uh, we all went through it together and, you know, it's, um, with being home, I was able to see, I, I would have been, I would have been on tour. Um, I think in like Australia or New Zealand for the birth of, you know, my daughter Pearl, mm. um, you know, that would have been something that I would have seen yeah. potentially, or it might've been a little bit more strenuous. So, um, or would that you even was have Pearl? Line. Cause you right. Have been you're, you're, you're right. You never know. You're right. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> that's true um you know a lot of the, you, there's a silver lining to things and we're we're all trying to find find what that is um you know and but i think now that we're all coming out of covid and the pandemic i think everyone is just you know circling back to you know what we started the conversation about with this residency you know we're entertainers um and we're performers and we miss it you know, that's, mm -hmm. and I think a lot of the, our fans and people who love live shows miss it as well. I mean, I, that's why you see Usher, I mean, sold out, you know, you see mm -hmm. the shows in Vegas right now are going crazy, you know, even though we haven't opened up all the way across, you know, the borders of, in the States and everything, and, you know, touring is still at a standstill. I think that's the, the, the beauty about Vegas right now is that you, if you miss it that much and you, and um, you could come to, to Vegas and, you know, to answer your question, yeah, it's just, it's, it's nice to be back to, to be able to help everybody out there kind of take their minds off a little bit of, you know, all the stuff that this society has gone through for the past year and a half. I mean, it's a lot. And mm -hmm. so it's our job as entertainers to, to put a smile on people's faces and embarrass you when you're sitting in the audience, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> like there are times throughout COVID, you know, where I'm like, ah, I'm enjoying staying home. Like I have no desire to go to a bar or have to go to any event or anything like that. But I, 
But my sister and my husband and I were like, but we could really go for a Backstreet concert, a New Kids on the Block <laughs> concert, a Hanson concert. Those yeah. are like the three things that I would like to be at right now. Yeah, I mean, like there's, you know, there's a, like I said, there's a catch 22 there, you know, like, yeah, I did get a little used to being in, in the house and just, you know, rolling around on the carpet with the kids. And, um, and, and it's like, oh God, now I got to like get going and get moving. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's definitely one of those things where I think we're trying to, to transition for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, people can get tickets starting this Friday, July 16th at 10 a.m. on Ticketmaster for the Vegas residency at Planet Hollywood in November and December. There's 12 shows. But then you are also doing something with some with yeah. some sinkers, some boys yeah, yeah. to men members this August. Yeah. And speaking of that, I heard you've been hanging out with Lance a lot lately. Oh, I love Lance. He's the best. <laughs> you guys, you guys like you were doing well, I love him more. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure you probably do. I mean, you no, guys no, are no, much I'm, closer, but no, no, he, Lance it, is awesome. um, it's really great because we had done something for pride out here in Los Angeles um, at the Grove and um, also for the Trevor project. And um, I've come to really, you know, get to know him a lot better and, um, we've become really great friends and, you know, I, um, so, and then obviously Joey, I've known Joey and all, you know, all the guys from that group. And, and so it kind of really opened up a lot of ideas and minds, um, for potential, um, you know, maybe down the road, maybe an instinct Backstreet Boys tour. What? I mean, come on, don't blow my mind like that. But, but the fir first things first, so like, so Joey called me up and he said, he's, he had this idea of this, um, this thing he'd been doing called Joey and friends or something like that. And, mm -hmm. uh, where he basically would do like a, almost like a rat pack type thing. Um, and he said, Hey, would you want to do it and be involved? And he said, Wanya was going to, Wanya is going to be involved. I'm a huge voice of men fan. And, uh, obviously AJ. And so we, we committed to it and we, we um, put it on sale and it's doing really well. And we're excited to, to have a, it's called the after party and um, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're, we're just going to have a, a good old time at this uh, little theater. at the That's so fun. Oh my God. Okay. Well, boy band heaven right there. So you no. guys make sure to hit up Ticketmaster and get tickets to all of it you can get tickets for, uh, for that the, there the, too? The, the the other one is yeah there's still some but the most uh we're we're excited for both things but i'd say now now's the time if you want to get the the best seats uh for the backstreet boys uh christmas show then now's the time to get you that gotta one. go get it oh. yeah <laughs> you gotta get that one gotta well, go get Nick, it thanks so much for joining us it's always so Thank cool you. to talk to you um and i'll see you definitely in vegas thanks, i'll Nick. see you soon all right ben, later <laughs> bye well, what an amazing episode with some incredible guests, uh, Deanna and Nick Carter. But before we let you go, we got to get into one of our favorite segments of the podcast. It's time for Bachelor Headlines. And we're starting with this one. Uh, this is pretty much in relation to this week and this week's episode. Bachelorette Katie Thurston defends suitor Hunter <laughs> Montgomery as he reveals Tourette syndrome. Yeah, so following Monday's episode, um, <clears throat> Katie defended Hunter after some viewers were criticizing him for clearing his throat and his sinuses multiple times on camera. I do not remember seeing this, but I, some people were picking that up. And she actually said that he has Tourette syndrome. And she goes, remember, you only get to see a portion of who these men are. For example, you probably didn't know that Hunter has Tourette's. So I encourage everyone to think twice before commenting negative things about these men. 
And then Hunter said, just to be clear, the snorting and the sniffling is due to minor Tourette's, which is something I've had my whole life. Thanks. Next headline is Wells Adams addresses rumors he'll replace Chris Harrison as the host of the Bachelor franchise. Well, he says those are really hard, really large shoes to fill and that he hasn't been in talks about anything like that. But he does love being the bartender. And he says the host role is one that is a bit separated from the cast. So you're really looking at it objectively with the bartender role. I'm really entrenched with everyone. Um, I'm kind of a part of the landscape. So my relationship with them is a strong one. Whereas the host role, you have to step a little bit back and be a little bit more objective. We'll see. Obviously, uh, people are wondering, people are interested in this upcoming Bachelor in Paradise season that we do know Wells is going to fill some big role or big shoes in. And uh, grocery store Joe and Natasha Parker are teasing right now that it's an intense Bachelor in Paradise season. Ashley, what do we know? Well, on their clickbait episode where they reunited after coming back from Paradise, Basically, Natasha says she went to Joe for so much advice throughout the season. But every time he was like, no, this is totally different than my other season. This is insane. It really is. Um, And they just kept talking about how like it was intense and it was like so different from Joe's other experiences. They use the word wild, lots of unexpected things going on. So it's all very vague, but basically I think it's a teaser for us to say that it's like a kind of a season with storylines that aren't repetitive ones that we've never really seen before. We can get excited about this upcoming bachelor in paradise season. I know we have been for a while. Well, some big news in bachelor nation. We got to celebrate bachelors. Bob Guinea welcomes second baby son, Blake Barrett with wife, Jessica. The quote is they're so thankful. Yes. Um, Blake Barrett Guinea was born on July 1st. It's their second son. Uh, They also have two-year-old Grayson. Um, So congratulations to the Guineas. That's so sweet. He goes, wait, he said the hashtags. The hashtags under the picture are we are the Guineas. Um, Here we go. Hashtag my two sons and hashtag I'm 50, which is pretty crazy that Bob Guinea is 50. He still looks good, feels good, seems good. Well, another thing to celebrate, Nick Vile celebrates one year anniversary with girlfriend Natalie Joy. So sweet. Yes. So he says one year ish because they did. They have known each other for over a year. And he says we're visiting the hotel where it all started. It was the Williamsburg Hotel. And he said, thankful for every moment I have with you, Natalie. We love Natalie. She's great for him. She's so perfect. He, she makes Nick so happy and amazing. He's his best self with her. And um, then she said, this has been the best year of my life. And it's because of you. Ah, well, uh, some news that we're following uh, and we'll hopefully be updating you more on as we go. Leslie Murphy says daughter Nora is still fighting after crazy 36 hours in hospital. This is according to People. Okay, so um, she said that she was sick. They brought her to the emergency room where she was diagnosed with croup. Um, It's an upper airway infection that blocks breathing and comes with a bad cough. They brought their baby to the pediatrician, 4 o'clock on Saturday. She was having the same symptoms as her last ear infection, but both ears were clear. And a test came back that was negative, um, that she didn't have strep or anything like that. So then around 9 p.m., 
five hours later, she developed a really loud, loud barking cough. And by midnight, her breathing seemed slightly shallow. Um, they figured that the congestion was building up. And so at 2 a.m., she woke up gasping for air. And by the time they were at check-in, her breathing wasn't as labored. So sh she calmed down a little bit. So they started treating her with steroids on Sunday. And then it looks like later that day, one night in the ER, another one in the hospital, and then they were home. So it was about 36 hours and she was able to come home. But like, obviously... She says the worst feeling was watching my baby struggle to breathe. Mm. Well, we'll be following that and wishing uh, and having Leslie and everybody in our thoughts and our prayers. That is tough. Well, final headline of this week is Claire Crawley is removing breast implants for health reasons. My body is fighting them, she says. Yeah, um, I mean, basically everything that you just the, every, the headline says it all. She says that she has had um really bad hives and a rash. She's her whole body's been itchy and inflamed. She said she's done one blood test after the other, um, had two mammograms and an ultrasound. And they just helped her make the decision to get the breast implants removed. She goes, as much as I love my implants, my body is fighting them and recognizes that there's something obviously foreign in my body. My body can't heal. My body is in fight mode constantly. It's exhausting. It's frustrating. And it's all making sense. My health is the most important thing and they're coming out. So she's not alone in this. You know, she says that she wanted to talk about it because yeah. she wanted to reach other women who possibly might be feeling the same thing. And she certainly isn't alone in it. So no. I'm glad she's saying something. Yeah, it's nice to bring this uh, to the conversation because I know a lot of people do deal with this. I hear these stories all the time. Um, so, but thinking about Claire still as she uh, goes through this procedure and hope she feels better afterwards. Well, Another great episode of the Almost Famous Podcast, action-packed with Deanna Pappas, Stagliano, and Nick Carter, and then Ashley Iconetti is here as well. What an episode. We'll be back next week talking about Katie Thurston's next episode of her season of The Bachelorette. But until then, I've been Ben. I've been Ashley. Bye, guys. Peace. Follow the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous Podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. 
And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.